If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. Uh, so good to see all of you today. Thank you for being here and sharing this, this special day for our mothers with us here at One Cause Church, and um, very happy you're all here. We're going to um, get into the scriptures this morning. Uh, if you would uh, take your Bible or electronic device, whatever you have concerning a Bible, and go to Psalm chapter 20. Um, we're going to look at seven attributes of God today put into action for us. And uh, this is going to really bless your life, I believe. And uh, I want to just take notice of a couple of things. One, yesterday we um, did a prayer walk for cancer. Um, and Miss Mary Beth, would you stand while you're eating your chocolate? That's fine. <laughs> Mary Beth Winchell. Uh, got a vision, caught a vision from God um, about a prayer walk for cancer. And she talked to the, the people that were there yesterday um, about all the, all the natural means that we have taken to fight this, this horrific disease. And, you know, lots of money and lots of fundraising, lot, all kinds of ways to, to get everybody aware um, in the natural. And, and, and they've taken great leap, leaps and bounds, and, but we, we still got to keep fighting. But she said, but the spiritual side of it is leaning on God, knowing that God provided healing for us through his son who took stripes upon his back so that we could receive healing. Amen. Amen. The scripture calls him the great physician. And we've seen the great physician at work, people who have battled cancer and have overcome it because of his amazing, miraculous power. So I want to just... Um, acknowledge her, her vision for that. And there were 71 yesterday that came. It was the first, the first one. We lost it yesterday. And uh, I mean, it was just tremendous. We, we marched around Adriatica and praised God and, um, and prayed for those. And then at the end of the, when we, we came back around to finish up, um, we had the opportunity to lay hands on people who were suffering from, from some from cancer and from, some from various diseases and some were standing in for people. So uh, I just believe that, that something great has started there. All right. And so uh, as this is going to be a con continual thing annually, I guess, or however, it's going to become something that, that we definitely support. And I want to encourage all of you to get involved with this great cause of praying for the cure. As Mary Beth says, Jesus is the answer for cancer. Amen. And one more acknowledgement I've got to make here, because uh, a very special lady in my life, a very special lady in this church, um, who, is, who serves on our board, but is also one of the founding members of this ministry that launched in 1992, is that right? Somewhere around there. Miss Lou Hyatt, would you please stand, Miss Lou? Today, she turns 85, all right? So we all want to sing. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, Miss Lou, happy birthday to you. Awesome. You lay hands on Heather and hopefully she'll look that good when she turns 85. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I meant that in a complimentary way. <laughs> Boy, sometimes when it comes out the mouth, you go, what? What? Okay, Psalm chapter 20. Have you found it? 
If not, just look on the screens, okay? We're here to help you with that. Uh, Verse 1, may the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice, Selah. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. Father, thank you now for these next few moments under your word. And I thank you, Lord, just for your people today, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ would rest upon them, Lord, that these scriptures would come alive in our hearts. We'd be illuminated, God, with revelation and inspiration, God. I thank you, God, that your word is life to those who find it. It's health to all of their flesh. We need your word. Lord, we take this moment to set our attention on it, Lord. We, we purposefully set our hearts and our minds on it and our ears. We open them up to hear what you say to us today, God. We honor your word and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. Today I want to get some things to you, some seven attributes of God that we're going to look at. There's lots of great attributes of God, but these are things that are put into action. We're going to look in the old, we're looking at the Old Testament here today, but there's so much new covenant reality found in these scriptures for us that we're going to glean to help us in our lives right now. Even though this was written thousands of years ago, praise God, even before Christ came, but yet we find great truth and meaning for our lives here. And the first thing that we're going to look at in verse 1, may the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. And the first thing I want you to understand, the the attribute we're going to look at is that God answers prayer. God answers prayer. Amen. He answers prayer. It's, it's, It's one thing to know that God hears you, but wow, what what a great confidence that we can have to know that God answers us when we pray. And the scripture teaches us how to pray. And that we pray believing. Believing prayers are the kind of prayers that God answers. He, he, he really only has one condition, and that is for us to believe him, right. to trust him, to, to fully put our confidence in him. That's why the scripture says that when we pray, that we can pray in such a way that we have thanksgiving attached to that prayer. Right. Knowing if he's telling us to give thanks while we're making the petition, then there's a great insurance there that God's willing definitely to give you your petitions. Otherwise, there's no point in saying thanks for nothing, right? Amen. Psalm chapter 86 and verse 7, David says, In the day of my trouble, I will call upon you, for you will answer me. Psalm 91 verse 15, He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, I will deliver him and honor him. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that, those moments when I found myself in trouble, when I found myself with my back against the wall, found myself under pressure, the pressure of circumstances that sometimes the only prayer that I could really utter was help. God, help me. Help me, God. And I've always found that God is right there. Immediately, he's always there. He's a very present help in time of need. He, he loves to answer you. He, he longs for you to, to come to him because he wants to be your everything. He is the answer. Our uh, middle child, Laurel, who was up on the screen giving the announcements, when she was little, I was teaching her how to ride a bike. And the hard, the hard thing for a, a child to understand is that if you'll pedal, then you can have control of the bike. 
But they think if I pedal, I'm going to lose control, right? So you got to get their confidence up. Motion will help you keep the thing up. So what I did was to help her in her endeavor was we took the training wheels off. It was time for her to go to two wheels. And, I, and at the time, we were living in a house where the road kind of went up from there, kind of at a slope. So I put her up at the top of the hill there, and I got down the middle of the road, down at the bottom, and said, all right, Laurel, go for it. So she starts pedaling. You know how they look, just rickety and... Well, I mean, I said, keep pedaling, keep pedaling, keep pedaling. So she's pedaling. Well, that pedaling along with the force of gravity, the pull of gravity really got her moving. And so all of a sudden I got nervous that here she is on concrete or on pavement and she's going fast. And so then I said, I panicked a little and said, hit the brakes. Wherewith she just took her feet off the pedals and said, I can't, dad, catch me. So here comes this bicycle barreling down this road at me. So I did everything I could to catch her. And I don't know if we, I remember we fell or not. But anyway, she was okay. And, uh, but I thought, wow, what a confidence this kid had that I could stop this rocket coming down the road. <laughs> sometimes God is there. And sometimes all you need to do is say, God, I've got myself in trouble here and I need you to catch me. Yeah. And listen to me, you might have found yourself in a situation where things have gotten out of control. Could be anger, that it's strained your very meaningful relationships. Could be that you found yourself in an addiction that has taken you down a destructive path. Or that you've got this debt looming over you because of poor financial dealings and, and you need God to catch you. You need him to help you right now. You need him to answer you. And let me tell you something, be confident in this, he will. He will. Nothing is impossible for him. I don't care the kind of trouble you're in or how you got there. God's grace and mercy is greater than all of it. And if you'll believe him, if you'll trust him, say, God, you know what? I'm just looking to you. You will help me in trouble. So I'm in trouble, and I need you now. And I promise you, he will be there for you. He's an expert at it. He's able to take situations that seem hopeless and lost and turn them around for good. I don't know how he does it, but I'm just glad he does. Because God, at the end of the day, is good. Amen. Period. He's good. And that's what comes from him is goodness. So you put your situation in his hands, and he can start working it how he works it. Amen. And make it come out for good. But not, now, I'm, I want to just give a little bit of warning behind that, a little bit of admonition here, because I found this to be true in my own life. That when the Lord answers you, there are many times that you find yourself in desperation, you find yourself in trouble, and then the answer comes, then you go, oh, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> you struggle with what he says to you. You struggle with doing what he says. There was a man that had fallen off of a cliff, and on his way down, he, by chance reached out his hand and was able to grab a hold of a branch stuck to a little tree sticking outside the wall of the cliff. Fortunately, it held. And as he's dangling there, hanging off for dear life, he starts crying for help. Help me, is somebody up there? Somebody up there that can throw me a rope? And finally, he hears a voice, I'm here. He says, well, can you throw me something down? He says, I can do better than that. <clears throat> this is God. And if you'll listen to me, You'll be okay. Let go of that branch, and I'll catch you. What? 
let go of that branch. You can trust me. I'll catch you. As the man hung there and thought about it for a little bit, he looked up and said, is there anybody else up there? (laughs) Times when the Lord speaks to you, Listen to me, that's the moment that you've got to believe what he says and do what he says to do. Because his answer for you is victory. His answer for you is triumph. His answer for you is to overcome. Amen. Hallelujah. Because with him, all things are possible. And I want you to remember today, God is truly on your side. And if God's for you, it really doesn't matter who's against you. It really doesn't matter. Line them up. God plus me equals a majority. Amen. Let's continue. May the name of the God of Jacob, the second part of verse one, may the name of the God of Jacob defend you. Everybody say armor. See, David experienced this personally on the battlefield when as a little boy, he decided to pick a fight with a giant. Actually, the the giant had actually picked a fight with Israel and none of them were, you know, they're all too sissy. So this boy shows up and David says, I'll take him. Right? The last person that you really want to pick a fight with is a man, as the scripture says, who is a champion warrior from his youth. All right? Not only is he a champion warrior, he's nine feet tall. And not only is he nine feet tall, he's heavily armored at that. I mean, every, all the odds are against this young shepherd boy. But 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 45, I want us to pull that scripture up right quick. It says, then David said to the Philistines, so he finds himself out on this battlefield before this giant. He says to the Philistines, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. I'd say that's a little overkill. No no pun intended. (laughs) A sword, a spear, and a javelin. And and also, the scripture says that there was an armor bearer or a, a, a shield bearer that went out before Goliath, all right? So not only is he, I mean, he's got one guy carrying this big shield to protect his big self. And he's got a sword, a spear, and a javelin. He's ready for any kind of combat. But then David says, but I come to you with one heck of an accurate slingshot and five smooth stones. He didn't even talk about his weaponry, did he? Because it really didn't matter what was in David's hand. Because of what he had was a defense called the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. It just happens to be that this little sling and this little stone is going to take you out because it's in the name of God. See, you have the name that is above every name. Jesus Christ said, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth, therefore go. He said, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils. In my name, they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. In my name, hallelujah, anything is possible. That's all you need to know is that Jesus' name is above every name. The scripture says there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It gives us this also great assurance, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, the great thing about that is that's not talking about just salvation from eternal damnation. That's talking about an every situation kind of salvation. Salvation means deliverance. So whatever trouble you find yourself in, there is salvation from that by his name. Amen. Let's continue. Verse 2. May he send you help from the sanctuary. Everybody say assistance. Now look where God offers assistance. Right there in his house. Right there in the church. May he offer you assistance from the sanctuary. God has given you and I both 
great assistance, and it's called the church of the living God. We all have a great need. I want you to look around you at the people around you. That's your great need. We absolutely need each other. Because the scripture says that God has strategically placed all of us as members in this body. He did it as it pleases him. So the fact that we're all here, we're all part of his pleasure. This is great. So when you look around you, you see all these individual members of this body and you realize a great thing. I need them and they need me. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. I need them. See, the body's, the body function is giving and receiving. That's how the body flows in health. There are different parts that's giving, different parts that's receiving, but it all works together to make a living, growing body. And the scripture teaches us in Ephesians chapter four, and listen to this, verse 16, from whom, that is from Christ, the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does it share. Can you say that out loud? Every part does it share? All right. So that means me, right? That means you. Every part does its share. And that causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So there's assistance here. I mean, just you being here today has brought great assistance. Some of you brought assistance when you brought an offering. Amen. That's, that's a blessing because that keeps the lights on and keeps the, the, the functionality of this building and helps us also get this gospel out. As, as we've said earlier, I'm taking a team. We're a team of eight. We're leaving Thursday flying out to India. And we're going we're gonna to do a pastor's conference there. We've been going there for the last couple of years. Oh, this is our fourth year uh, to be involved with that, that ministry. But this year, I mean, they've blown the lid off of this conference. We've, we usually minister to about 100 pastors. This year, we already have over 300 registered for the conference. So you are impacting not only 300 pastors, ladies and gentlemen, but 300 churches. Awesome. There are people behind those men that they represent, and you're going to be speaking into their lives by helping in your contribution, just your financial contribution, your prayer, sending us out, being able to get us out there to do this. It's, it's, it's great assistance because we're going to preach the gospel. We're going to train up pastors and leaders, and we're going to bless the children. And you know about this little doll? This doll was constructed by Tawana Bolden, who saw this, actually got a vision for it. This is all handmade, this little thing's this little whatever this thing is, robe, it's handmade. This, all the hair is crocheted. And it took her and some, lots of other ladies something like 1,500 hours of work to make a 1,000 of these things that we're going to take to India and bless these children with. This year we're doing our first kids crusade there, so we're expecting great things. But that's this right here. This is what, this is what helps. See, what she connected herself because she's in the church. And so all these other people rallied around this vision that this one lady had and brought great assistance. And 1,500 hours later, a 1,000 of these things were made. Isn't that phenomenal? We ought to give God praise for that right now. That's a, that's a beautiful picture of what the church can do. I mean, there's lots of things. You come out, there's, we, we, there's the assistance of the gospel. We come here and we hear the gospel. What is the gospel? Christ died for your sins. He was buried and he rose again the third day. That's beautiful. Whoever believes on him will receive everlasting life. I love the simplicity of the gospel and the, all the great news that is in it. That whoever, I'm looking at a room full of whoever. It's the greatest invitation from God. Whoever believes. 
Amen. There's prayer here as we demonstrated this morning. Child care. Somebody's watching, if you have children here today, somebody's watching your children. Isn't that a great assistance? So that you don't have to be bogged down with the worry of that. You can be in here opening your life up to receive the, wor- receive the word of God so that you can help grow your children and train them up in the ways of God. What a great blessing. Great praise and worship. I mean, this is great stuff. I, I'm so proud of our team that not only are they skilled, but they worship God. They worship him. And that draws us all in it together. It's just beautiful. And the fellowship and the relationships that you build here, the love and acceptance. One thing that I hear about our church all the time is that we are a very loving and friendly church. And I love that. It's been that way before, I, before we ever came uh, um, to, to into this ministry. Um, and y'all be praying for our brother Charlie Binion and Miss Roxanne so they can come back. He's been uh, in the hospital for some time, but he is getting better. Um, every day he gets a little bit better and gets a little bit stronger, but I miss that amen. Yeah. We all call him amen Charlie. So when he's not here, there's a, well, he just helps me preach better, that's for sure. <laughs> but the very first time I met him, very first time I met him when this church was downtown, it was called Cornerstone Worship Center, I walked in. I've been raised in church all my life. I mean, I thought I'd seen everything until I walked in the doors, and there's Charlie, and you know what it's like when you encounter Charlie. He grabs me by the shoulder, man, he pulls me in, just hugs me, right? I mean, you feel bones crunching and popping and hugs, and then he pulls me out at arm's length and says, I love you. I'm like, golly, what is this? What kind of churches have I come into here? And now I have to have it. I went to the hospital the other day to see him. I said, I just need, Charlie, I need you to shout amen for me, please. Can you just? Can you just say amen for me? He said, right now? I said, yeah. Amen. That's how he said, oh, it did my heart good to hear him say that. There is great assistance. God offers help. From his sanctuary. Praise God. Let's continue. And the next part of that verse says, and strengthen you out of Zion. Strengthen. Everybody say addition. He adds to you in the church. See, what happens is when we come together, when we come together like this, we realize, wow, I'm a part of something really, really big. As a collective group, see, when we give, guess what? That gift is able to go farther because others are adding. Our stride gets stronger. Our reach gets longer. All the way to India so far <laughs> gets longer, right? Our life gets larger. We, we, we see that our lives are not made up of just us alone, but we are part of something grand called the church of God. I mean, God has has put all of us here and brought great addition to our lives. The scripture says those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. See, you want the thriving life of the believer starts in the house of God by being planted. Planted. Planted means you stay. That you sit and you put your roots down and you grow from there. But what it begins to do is it begins to add to your life. You start seeing that it affects the way that you work 
It affects your favor out there in the, in the workplace. It affects you in your neighborhood. It affects you in your family relationships because God has called you to a life of flourishing. Amen. Amen. But it starts, you've got to be planted if you're going to flourish. Amen. Amen, Pastor Eric. That's really good preaching. Thank you. High five. The Lord adds to your life. Let's go to verse 3. May he remember all your offerings. Everybody say this word, account. You know, the scripture says that we will all give an account of our lives. We will all stand before him all alone before the great judge of the universe and give an account. You know why? Because God is an accountant and he keeps records. He keeps records in heaven. Now, don't let that scare you. Don't let that scare you unless it needs to scare you. But don't let it, don't let it scare you. Because here's the thing. If you're in Christ, he has no record of wrong. Oh, man. I, you, amen, Pastor I said, if you're in Christ, there is no record of wrong. All of your sins have been washed away. And that's why the scripture says that love has been perfected in us, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. In the day that we're giving an account of our lives to God, we have boldness. Why? Because as he is, so are we in this world. I'm the same as Jesus because his blood purchased me. He made me righteous. He made me holy. He made me blameless. I couldn't do it by myself. I couldn't do enough good stuff, God, because I know none of that would have mattered. But Jesus did everything for me. His work at that cross, his burial, and his resurrection have brought me here today. And I stand before you in confidence in him. Hallelujah. He is. He is the reason why we can stand on that day of accounting and be confident. Hallelujah. That's why you need to put all your trust in Jesus. If you want to have a good day on Judgment Day, put all your trust in him. And it will go well with you from there and on to eternity. But it's interesting that it says specifically that he, may he remember your offerings. You know, this can be an area of contention for many people. This, what I call, separates the men from the boys and the women from the girls. This is where the rubber meets the road. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, God's not so much interested in the treasure as he is in the heart. Because if he has your heart, he knows he's got your treasure too. Right? But because money is so involved in our lives because we got to have it, got to use it. A lot of, many times because we become dependent upon it, we find ourselves wrestling with this thing of offering something to God. And I want to encourage you today, stop wrestling. God knows what you have need of. And the scripture says, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness all these things will be added to you. The thing that you need, God knows. He's not going to leave you high and dry. He's not. He's an accountant. See, he cannot. 
He would be unjust if you gave something and God said, man, I forgot all about that. No, he's keeping records. But he's also keeping records of the heart behind the giving. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Not out of, not out of begrudging obligation, but out of a heart that honors God and wants to please him and loves him and is grateful for the things that have come into his life. Heather and I, we experienced this throughout our years of marriage. I'm not just standing here telling you that there's blessing in, in giving offerings because the Bible says so and the Bible has plenty to say about it. But I'm also telling you this because we experience it. We experience God's blessing. We've, we, he has wowed us with miraculous income that we did not get through our own natural resources. He has just blessed us that way because we're partnered with him, because we trust him. I'm, I'm not bragging on us. I'm really bragging on God here. I'm saying that we have found this to be true. We put this to the test and found out, guess what? God really does keep good records. He does. He's very accurate. He's a God of order. Years ago, when we were, I was on staff out in West Texas, I say West, you're really from West Texas, from Lubbock, San Angelo, we called it West Texas, but it was not compared to Lubbock. But I was on staff there at a church, and, and we, we were doing okay, but we were pretty strapped financially. Just, there just wasn't much left, you know. We, we had more month than we had money. You know what I'm talking about sometimes. And, and so I said, honey, we, we need to... We need some more money. <laughs> but I want to go ask the pastor, let's just, let's just take a step of faith. And we decided that $500 extra a month would really help us breathe better and be more comfortable in our living. So, I, so we agreed that we would tithe on what we wanted to make. We just tithed an extra $50 a month. And let me tell you, it was tight. So we just trusted God and we began to tithe an extra $50 a month on what we wanted, what we were looking to God for. And months went by and it just kind of became a regular routine of our giving. And one day the pastor called me in his office, said, Eric, I'd like to give you a raise. And I said, I like the way you talk. And he said, "Um, how's $500 a month sound? I said, fantastic, man. Awesome. Thank you. And I, but I'd forgotten that we had done that months before. And as I walked out of the office, the Lord said, how much did you get again? Said five five hundred dollars, yeah. Wow, you know what you're doing up there. You keep good record. I'm telling you from experience. God knows what He's doing. Listen to me. And He's taking, He's writing these things down. He's keeping an account because the Scripture says God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. So you be confident and so bountifully and generously because that's how it will return to you. Amen. And accept, now this is interesting, the very last part of uh, three here, verse three, and accept your burnt offerings. Everybody say acceptance. Your burnt sacrifice, it says, Selah, your burnt sacrifice. Well, thank God that that's not really, we're not literally offering up burning sacrifices to God. I'm very grateful for that because that had to do, that was the priest's job. There was a lot of slaughtering, a lot of burning, a lot of blood, all right? And I'm just grateful that Jesus took care of all that. Well, so what, how, does this talk, how does this apply to us then? Well, the scripture teaches us over in Hebrews chapter 13 that there's a sacrifice that we now offer to God that has replaced that burnt sacrifice. Now, I want you to look at verse 15. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit 
of our lips giving thanks to his name. Okay, so now the sacrifice that God is saying is thank you. Can, can, let's all just try that. Why don't we just offer up a thanksgiving sacrifice to God? Just go ahead. Just tell the Lord thank you. Thank him for something. Thank him for mom. It's a good day to thank him for mom. Did anybody find that extremely difficult to do? Huh? Did anybody find that? Was that such a sacrifice for you to say thank you to God? But yet God calls that a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes praise is a sacrifice. Especially if you fought with your wife on the way to church, right? I ain't singing. I don't feel like singing. I'm gonna, mm -mm. Because if I, if I start singing, she's going like, to see that I'm over it, and I'm not over it. So I need to stand here and act mad. <laughs> I don't like that song. I'm not singing it. I don't feel like it. I'm an introvert. I'm not an extrovert. I don't do that kind of stuff. I keep all that stuff personal. Come on. Y'all were laughing two seconds ago. <laughs> it's between me and the Lord. It's nobody else's business. <laughs> oh, now, now you're religious. Come on. <laughs> Sacrifice of praise. Giving thanks. And let me tell you something. I've been in church services where it was a sacrifice because the music sounded like an animal sacrifice. <laughs> right? You're going. But I walk in here, man, how easy. The band is rocking and rolling. You're like, oh, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. Amen. But verse 16 of that same chapter Let's look at verse 16 of Hebrews 13. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So this teaches us three simple things of sacrifices to God. Giving thanks, doing good, and sharing. I think I learned all those in first grade. That's an elementary principle, isn't it? And God is well pleased with that sacrifice. Amen. Let's continue. We're almost through. Verse 4. May he grant you according to your heart's desire. That does my heart good to hear that. That God grants you according to your heart's desire. Hey, don't over-spiritualize this walk. Don't complicate it. Well, Lord, I just want what you want. Well, I want what you want. Oh, Lord, I just want what you want. Well, I want what you want. Lord, I want, and both of you just doing a whole lot of wanting. But he wants to grant you the desires of your heart and fulfill all your purpose. God does not want anybody to go to their grave unsatisfied or unfulfilled. He's given you this life to live it to the fullest. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it to the full. Hallelujah. That blesses me that God is so involved in my life that every day matters, every moment matters, that there is something to achieve. Everybody say achievement. That's the last thought, that God has caused you to have, given you this wonderful gift of life, but also not only just to have this life, not to just 
eke out an existence, but to live a life of achievement. Amen. To finish what you started. He finished what he started. He actually said it on the cross, his dying words, it is finished. And when at that moment, by doing that, the scripture says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, he who began a good work in you, he will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That dream in your heart, that vision that you see, or what you want, what you see your life being, blessed, prosper, your children blessed, your grandchildren blessed, life. I mean, all of us see good things, right? Huh? That we're hoping for better things. We're looking for better days. Listen to me. That desire, the, there's a very good chance that that desire is from God Almighty. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That is, he gives you the desires of your heart, and then he gives you the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. So he's connected you to your purpose. And so, but he wants you to live your life in such a way that you can't do it alone. That you cannot see that dream fulfilled. You cannot see that vision accomplished without him in your life. He wants you living your life so large that it takes him to help you complete it. Otherwise, it ain't going to happen. So you have to understand that this is God's will that you achieve. We all have that instinct in us, especially men, when we get on the highway. That is, we got to get to our destination, and we got to pass up as many cars as possible to get there, because it is a race, and it is on, right? My wife never understands. She said, nobody's racing you. I said, oh, yeah, they are. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to show them who's going to win. I am going to get the checkered flag. Amen. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. And ladies, they don't understand that. Nobody's racing you. <laughs> Honey, just let me dream. Let me. We go on a road trip, and you've passed up all these truckers and, you know, slow drivers. And, I mean, you've really gained good ground. And then all of a sudden, your wife sees something off the side of the highway that she's got to go see, a fruit stand or something like that. And Exit, get off of there, and you're looking back up on the highway as she's perusing the fruit, looking at all those cars that you passed up. <laughs> and you cannot wait to get back behind that wheel and get down the road and show everybody who's first again. Huh? It's in us. It's in us to accomplish, to achieve, to get to the destination. That is there designed by God. Hallelujah. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. All right. And we're going to finish with this. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice, say law. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. Please, if you would, let's bow our heads today. With every head bowed for a moment, I want to just extend an invitation to you. What a, what a glorious, glorious day today is, a day that we honor these mothers And what a great day it would be, a landmark moment for you today if you made a decision. If you made a decision today, 
that would change the course of your life, that would change your eternity. The Bible is very clear about life. And it says something about our life here on earth that is a little bit humbling. And that is that life is like a vapor or it's as a flower that's here today and fades tomorrow. I think all of us in here have been probably to enough funerals that we understand the temporary life that we live. But that is not everything that God has provided for us. There's life beyond this life. Jesus came that you would have that life because that life is forever. God was in Christ, the scripture says, reconciling the whole world to himself. Broken men, broken by sin, cut off from the life flow of God, have now found restoration and new life in his son, Jesus Christ. Today, he invites you. He invites you to have this life. Today, he offers salvation to you. There's no reason why you should choose eternal damnation when God has so freely provided eternal life. And it comes with this message, by this message. And I've said it earlier and I'm going to say it again. Christ died for your sins and he was buried and he rose again three days later. And if you will believe in him today, believe that Jesus did everything that was necessary for you to have everlasting life, to have a right relationship with God, today everything will change for you. Start with the first thing. All these wonderful things we talked about today, these attributes of God, the blessings of God that flow through your life, it starts with this first decision to believe, to believe for you. There's a scripture that's very familiar in the world that says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But I'm asking you, have you accepted that for you today? You've heard it said for the world, but have you accepted it for you? He died for me, for my sins, my shortcomings, my failures, my mistakes. He did. And he's here offering forgiveness. He's here offering salvation. He's here offering a new life. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor Eric, I want that. I want to, I want to on this Mother's Day, surrender my life to Jesus. Let him come into my life and give me his new life. If you're here today and, that's, and you want to respond to him, would you just raise your hand and I'll pray for you. Just, just right where you're seated. Just lift a hand so I can see you. I'd love, love to lead you to Jesus today. Are you here today? Or maybe, maybe you're here today and you, found your, you've, you put your faith in Christ, but you found yourself off the right path by choices that you've made, by the people that you've chosen to hang with, by the places you've decided to go. And it's taken you out to another place than what God has provided for you. And you say, Pastor Rick, I need you to pray for me because I'm like the prodigal son. I've strayed from my father's house and I've made decisions and I found myself 
in the wrong place and I'm miserable and I need God. And I understand that right now. So would you pray for me? I'm coming back to the Father's house. Are you here? Let me just pray for you. Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Amen. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. God bless these. You see them right where they are. And I pray right now for great grace and peace to be multiplied to them. If we all could, can we all just pray this? Say, Father, I am yours. Today, I declare Jesus is Lord of my life. Jesus, take your seat on the throne of my heart. My life is yours. From this day forward, I am yours. I will walk where you tell me to walk. I will say what you want me to say. I will be who you want me to be. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that I'm clean and right with God through Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's stand together today. Thank you so much for coming today. I love you very much. And uh, make sure, ladies, if you did not get your little flower, gift flower, make sure you get that on the way out. Pastor Brandon, would you come at this time and dismiss our family? Please be praying for us. We leave Thursday for India. Keep us on your hearts and on your minds and in your prayers, all right? Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for location and events. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church. If you would like to partner with our ministry, you can now donate securely online. Just click on the link located on the front page of our website at onecausechurch.com.